This is the Rebel Author Podcast, where we talk about books, business, and occasionally bad words. Hello, Rebels, and welcome back to the Rebel Author Podcast, episode 35. Today, I am talking to Claire Lydon all about how to write romance, sex scenes, and lesbian characters. Now, there is a expletives warning on this podcast episode. Y'all know I love to throw some swear words around, but this episode is next level. So just a word of warning, if you're feeling uh, like you don't want to hear swear words this week, then this one might not be for you. Likewise, we are talking about sex scenes, so things are going to get a little bit graphic this week. I thought it was fair to warn you. First up, let's go to last week's question, which was, what tactic or method have you seen used to successfully build a fan base? That was a pattern to the responses this week. Kerry Hadisky says, YouTube videos, whether it's advice videos, live streaming, other business or book discussions, the AuthorTube community is phenomenal. Yanni Jade agrees with Kerry, saying YouTube, uh, Meglator and Jenna Moresi is what got me here to my personal Facebook group, Rebel Authors. There are a handful of others I've watched and listened to as well, but not religiously unless it was a topic that caught my eye. Tango came in and said that Alicia Hyder took the self-publishing course on Facebook ads and pulled in £20,000 of sales in a month. Her Facebook group has 4,000 members, all rabidly clamouring for her release dates on audiobooks, Ask Me Anythings and anything else she puts out. This week's question is, what's the best sex scene you've ever read or watched? My book recommendation this week is, well, okay, so all of my books are still packed away because we haven't quite moved yet, we're moving in a couple of days, uh, and so I thought I would give you a recommendation of a book that I just finished an advanced reader copy of, which is Collaboration for Authors by my co-host on the Next Level Authors podcast, Daniel Wilcox. It was fantastic and I loved it and it's funny and it is a hugely comprehensive guide taking you right the way from first idea um, that you want to collaborate, be it on co-writing or marketing or publishing or um, doing an anthology or whatever, there's stacks of ideas in the book about collaboration. So yeah, I lo- oh, and it obviously goes all the way through to um, agreeing the legal stuff and all the way through to publication or um, implementing the, the marketing thing that you're doing together. So yeah, I highly, highly recommend it and I will put links in the show notes. In personal updates this week, it is a just over a week since I launched the Anatomy of Prose and oh my goodness, I have been absolutely blown away by the response to the book. I, I, it is by far and away the best launch I have ever had and um, the best in terms of sales as well. So thank you to everybody who has bought a copy. Thank you to everybody who has reviewed um, already. And if you haven't, please, please, please do. It's super important. And um, yeah, just thank you to, I know I said this last week, but I'm saying it again because I really do mean it. And I am extremely grateful to everybody on my street team and everybody who tweeted and shared and all of that lovely stuff. Um, 
I might do a mop-up, a, a solo show. I'm not sure yet. Uh, I'm just considering whether or not to do a show about launches um, and, and that. But I, I'm, I'll have a think. I might do that once we've moved and settled back down. Um, I Oh yes, so I've also had a lot of requests uh, asking about whether or not there's going to be an audiobook for The Anatomy of Prose. So I thought I would address it here, seeing as this is audio and you're all listening to my voice. Um, I will absolutely be recording the audiobook of The Anatomy of Prose. The reason I didn't get it out for launch is because I knew we were going to be moving house right about now and I didn't want to get halfway through recording and then have to change location and therefore potentially change the sound, um, um, what's the word, you know, the audio, uh, oh, what are words, the sound, the sound, I didn't want to change the sound. Um, so I have uh, managed to get my wife to agree to let me have the dining room um, as my office, which is sli slightly larger room. And it means that we can build an audio booth in there. So it will be a purpose built audio booth for recording audio books. So, yes, not only will the anatomy of prose be coming to audio, so will all my other books, too. And I guess I'm, uh, well, I would like to think that the anatomy of prose would be out at the latest in time for Christmas, but you just never know. I can't really record until my son goes back to school and he's not going back to school until September because the new location won't accept him. So uh, I don't know whether I'll be starting in September or maybe I'll record in the evenings. I don't know yet, we will see. Hopefully it will be out by Christmas. So as I have mentioned, I am moving house this week and uh, I'm recording on Sunday the 7th of June and we're moving on Wednesday the 10th. So just a couple of days left to go. We have fully packed and I am super, super excited. Um, yeah, especially because I'm taking a whole week off. I know, I know, don't fall over. An entire week without work. I, can't, I still quite can't quite get over it. Um, We'll see whether I manage to sneak in any work during that week. But uh, yes, so oh, the reason I'm telling you this is because next week there will be no intro on the podcast because I will have no internet and therefore no ability to upload a, a recorded intro. Moving swiftly on, the listener rebel of the week this week is Burn In Stories. Ben says, I work and live in a religious hospital and my small quiet rebellion is that I love researching witchcraft and cults. I haven't as of yet been found out, although I do wonder if I'll get burnt at the stake if I get discovered. Can you guys keep a secret? And that's probably why we have a pen name. Uh, and I do believe that that pen name is, is the pen name they're going to use to publish their books. So thank you for that rebellion. I loved it. I do love these cheeky, sly um, rebellions against you, know, the, the I was going to say the overlords, no, uh, like the bosses, the powers that be. If you would like to be a Rebel of the Week, please do send in your stories. It can be any kind of rebellion, big, small, or somewhere in between. You can email your Rebel story to rebelauthorpodcast at gmail.com or tweet me at rebelauthorpod. 
There's one new Rebel patron this week. Welcome to Steve Moore. I thank you very much, Steve. That was a lovely surprise. I do actually know Steve and I had the wonderful pleasure of reading, uh, I guess reading, editing, critiquing um, an advanced copy of a book that he co-wrote with another friend of this podcast, Adam Croft. The book is called Absolution and it is, I guess, like a British crime MI6 type thriller novel. Fantastic quick read um, if you like crime thrillers. And yeah, so thank you Steve. I have met Steve several times in person and he is a lovely human. So yeah, thank you for joining the um, Rebel patrons. Also a huge thank you to all of my current patrons who help not only to keep the podcast running but who make me feel like what I do is worthwhile. So thank you very much guys. As I mentioned before I have now hit the first goal on Patreon so once I have moved house I will be doing an exclusive Patreon only live Q&A. If you'd like to support the show and get access to all of the bonus essays, posts, content or participate in the Q&A I just mentioned, or join the Rebel Patron Slack community chat group where we talk about all things writing craft, writing challenges, and all of that good stuff. You can do so by visiting patreon.com forward slash Sasha Black, and that's Sasha with a C and not an S. Let's get on with the show. Hello, and welcome to the Rebel Author Podcast. Today, I am joined by Claire Lydon. Claire is a London-based writer of contemporary lesbian romance. She's a number one bestseller on lesbian fiction charts around the globe. If you're a sucker for romantic comedies, prepare to fall head over heels in love. Claire is famed for her London romance series, as well as her much-to-love standalones, including Nothing to Lose, You're My Kind, and A Taste of Love. She hosts two podcasts, The Lesbian Book Club and Lesbians Who Write, and has spoken at queer festivals and prides around the country. When she's not writing, Claire watches far too many home improvement shows while drinking nuclear-strength coffee and eating curly whirlies. Welcome. Uh, it's lovely to be here. Thank you for having me. No, you are most welcome. So I first um, encountered you when I was at um, Elfest, I think, and you were talking or chairing a panel um, of very, very, um, it was very interesting, lots and lots of different um, lesbian authors. Um, and then I think I encountered you very, very drunk at a party, an ally party. Very drunk. <laughs> very yeah. drunk. So I've known you for a few years now. Um, so yeah, thank you so much for coming on. And I wanted to, um, I, well, I asked you on because I wanted a very niche um, podcast episode because I think sometimes it's nice to go niche and um, learn about the intricacies of different genres. So yeah, thank you for joining um so before we go into writing lgbt characters and lesbian romances can you tell everyone a little bit more about you and your writing journey and how you got to where you are today i can i can indeed so i write lesbian romance um or, or lesbian romantic comedy so um sort of cross of those two and they're both actually quite booming genres people are often quite surprised um that there is sort of a, a market but there is a market big enough it's my sole income so um but it's been made as a booming genre by the advent of the kindle and all the other platforms in independent publishing because previously you know you had to be plucked from obscurity and uh, when i first uh, buy a publisher and the odds of stack of that happening were stacked against you because 
um, your story had two women as the lead protagonists in a romance. When I first started in, uh, when I started looking into it in 2013, there was not one single publisher in the UK who would take on a lesbian romance. No way. Yeah, there were none. There was no specialist presses and none of the big five would take one on. Um, I actually spoke to a few different agents because I was at the time in a writing group in Greenwich and uh, the, the woman that led it had been published and she knew quite a few agents and she liked my writing. So she got me a few meetings and that's what I was told. So I, I um, but that was back in 2013. Um, but now anyone can do it because, you, you know, the advent of independent publishing um, filled the filled the gap in the market that traditional publishing wasn't wasn't serving. Uh, so back then I, I had a job as a music journalist. I was made redundant and I thought, hey, I'm going to dust off that lesbian romance I've been writing for four years. I two thirds had it written and I, I finished it off while I was still working in this job because my boss had made redundant three months before I was. And I said, what do I do for that three months? And she said, you can do what you want. So I finished the book um, and I start, or finished the first draft and I started another one. And then I, I did apply to a uh, one uh, LGBT publisher, but they rejected the book. Uh, so then I met lots of other lesbian romance authors. They all said that they were independently publishing. And so I decided to do that. And um, the rest is history. That was in 2014. And since then, I've written, um, as you said in the intro, my London romance series, which is six books and counting, still going. I'm planning number seven this year. I've written another series and I've written, I've just launched my 15th novel, uh, 15th full length novel. So that came out in March uh, this year. Um, so it's April now. Yeah. So a month ago, about a month ago. And um, it's actually been my most successful launch ever. And oh, um, congratulations. Yeah, thank you. So I'm really pleased. It's it's it seems to be hitting the mark and it's reading lots of reaching lots of readers. Um, and I think it, it asks the question, what happens if you fall for your bridesmaid? So I think. Oh, that's a bit <laughs> oh I can't wait. And that one's out, did you say? Yeah, yeah, it came out oh, about a month ago. Guess what I'm going to be downloading. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what's it called? Just so I can. It's called Before You Say I Do. Oh, okay, right. I'm gonna um, I'm gonna write that down. Sorry, everybody who's gonna listen to me like <laughs> Before uh, You Say I Do. Um, yeah, but, but just circling back to the um, uh, traditional publishers not publishing lesbian romance. And I, a friend of a friend of mine, um, had a lesbian romance that she'd written. And she asked my advice, and this was about five years ago. And I said to her, there are no mainstream publishers that will take it. And she, that was what she got. Um, and now she rewrote it and she got an agent. And, and now the times have changed. And all the mainstream publishers are publishing lesbian fiction and lesbian romance now. So times have changed in the six years. And she's just got a deal. Uh, that doesn't surprise me if you like uh so obviously i've i've been writing in young adult and if there is just an absolute explosion of young adult lgbt fiction um i i can you know like you only have to look at um what's his name adam silvera who's like new york times bestseller and blah 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 and uh uh Becky, somebody, Al... Becky Albertali. Yeah, yeah. So I was, I had a, I had um, another lady on the podcast talking about diversity and how there's been an explosion in, um, you know, like other voices. Um, and I think it's wonderful because you get to read something that's not, no offence to, but, you know, white middle class, yeah, <laughs> you know, people. So uh, it's, it's far more interesting to read about other voices. So, yeah. Um, 
Cool. Um, I'm just very excited to download this one. That's all I can think about now. So uh, <laughs> what am I talking about? Right. Lots of listeners uh, might want to write LGBT characters, um, but they might be afraid because they aren't LGBT themselves. So what advice would you give to somebody who would like to write um, diverse characters or specifically LGBT characters, um, but obviously don't have any experience themselves and, and aren't from that you know, diversity bracket, so to speak? Okay, well, give it a go, obviously, in real life, and then, 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 um, no, that's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was just processing that. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I mean, you should, but no. <laughs> um, I would just say that LGBTQ characters are just people, so write them how you'd write any other character. Um, I am a big believer in the Own Voices movement um, because we do need queer writers writing queer characters, um, but also. I do believe that anybody can write anything. So I think that there's room for everyone um, in the in the LGBTQ tent if you want to come in. Um, and yeah, I, I think like any character, you just have to put yourself in their shoes and imagine the world from their perspective. Because if I said only queer writers could write queer characters, then it would mean any straight writers could write straight characters. Asian characters could only write Asian characters. And it's I don't believe that. Um, I think as long as you do research and check you've got it right, then it's all good. Uh, for instance, in my book, Nothing to Lose, I I had a lead, one of the lead characters was the town mayor. I have no experience of being the town mayor. Um, <laughs> so I rang a mayor and asked them what they would do in this situation. No way. Um, I love that. I had a really in-depth, yeah, I had a really in-depth conversation because the situation is the town has just been flooded. What would happen? Um, and, and, you know, I had a cake shop owner. So I, so I went and interviewed a cake shop owner and we're now buddies. So, you know, just interview my my the way I research thing is interviewing people. Mm. So I would run it by if you've got any um, queer friends or, or yeah friends or friends. what am, what am I trying to say? Don't know. Yeah, <laughs> basically <laughs> you need to look for gay people <laughs> and talk to them. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Like you, real yeah, humans. Yeah. If you've got any worries, yeah, I would say um, talk to talk to somebody who has had that experience. But I think as well, you can just put yourself in the shoes and do research online as well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, OK, so, you know, I'm very much of the mindset that um, all people are people, regardless of whatever background they have, whoever they love, doesn't really matter. But um understandably no writer wants to write a cliche so what are some cliches um to avoid when creating lesbian characters or, or lgbt characters um well i'd say that like you said cliches would be avoided at, at all times however some of them are um i guess sort of tags or tropes in um lesbian fiction particularly so i'd say for me cliches to avoid are not, don't make every couple butch femme, yeah. but there again. So just explain that for anybody who might not understand, like what because I obviously know what those terms are, but for people who aren't necessarily in the LGBT community, they might not know what that means. Okay, so um, in well, I guess when I, I'm not sure when it was a big thing, but I, I guess when mm. LGBT culture culture was first being established, like in the mainstream. Um, it was very much sort of 40s, 50s. It was very much a thing that if you were a lesbian couple, one of you would have to present more masculine and one of the one of you would have to present more feminine. Mm. Um, and so that's butch femme. And that's a, a lesbian pairing that is um, yeah, very prevalent historically and still prevalent in some cultures. Um, but 
for me, I'm neither one nor the other. <laughs> I'm just a person, yeah. and none of my friends are either. So, I, so my lesbian couplings are never butch femme. However, as I said, it is still prevalent in some um, cultures, and um, specifically, actually, more in America, it's, it is still quite prevalent there in a lot of um, sort of the smaller towns and cities. And so, um, that is actually something that some readers do look for. So, some cliches are wanted in lesbian fiction mm -hmm. um, but I would say you know just don't have don't have people being vegetarian and wearing dungarees and <laughs> that sort of thing <laughs> hating men yeah. you know I, that those stereotypes persist and it always amazes me that they do mm. uh, and I think another one to really avoid is don't kill off your lesbian leads uh, bury your gaze is a trope that has consistently been happening in books movies tv shows um, throughout my life and really doing the job I do now. I see it as kind of my responsibility to provide lesbians and queer characters with happy endings because generally they didn't get that in history. Oh, mm -hmm. I'm all like warm and fuzzy now. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so what other mistakes should writers avoid when creating um, LGBT characters or lesbian characters specifically? Um, well, I think a lot of people mistake lesbian fiction and romance, romance for erotica. That's one thing that sprung to mind, um, uh, you know, because lesbianism generally in, in, in um, traditional society is seen through the male gaze. Uh, that's G-A-Z-E gaze. Um, and so it's highly sexualized and lesbian fiction um, is not erotica. And so it, lesbian fiction is an umbrella term and it's got a gamut of categories underneath it. So um, you, you don't have to write romance. You could write um, romantic comedy, thrillers, mysteries, uh, paranormal romance sci-fi fantasy so there's there's historical i read a really good um lesbian fiction steampunk novel that's Ooh. niche 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 isn't it what's but that it was called very good. Ooh, now you're asking i can't quite remember you can I'll tell me afterwards know. but i love steampunk so i want to know yeah, now I'd, I'd never read steampunk before and i interviewed her for my uh, lesbian book pub book club podcast and it was yeah i really enjoyed it it was like nothing i'd ever written before the world building uh, was astonishing but yeah so lesbian fiction is not just one thing it's an overarching umbrella with lots of subcategories uh, beneath it okay uh so a lot of romance regardless of the gender of the couple um is similar because love is love after all so what makes a good romance plotline and are there any um, differences in um, lesbian romance plotlines in particular? Um, I don't think there are. I think, like you say, love is love and romance is romance and the romance plotline has to follow a specific uh, trajectory and there always has to be a happy ending, a happy ever after or a happy for now, which suits me because I am a rom-com kind of girl when it comes to movies and, and I do like a happy ending. And if a book's too sad or too traumatic, I don't like it. So so <laughs> I write what I like to read. Mm -hmm. um, so my books are underpinned uh, with a through line of British wit and humour, um, but they are strict romances at heart. And lesbian romance follows the same um, trajectory as any romance. So two people meet, they're attracted, they confess their love, they have a kiss, they have some sex, they break up. There's a moment where one or both improve their love and then they reunite. But along the way, you need great characters um, that you would just connect with and and make sure that they're relatable and flawed um, because nobody wants to read about Little Miss Perfect. And I just actually put up a thing on Instagram today and it just said, uh, bad decisions make great stories. And that is true. So always ask um, what goes wrong next and make your story a little different 
but you have to keep to the basic romance structure. But if you make it a little different, people will be drawn to it. And I think that's what happened, what has happened with my latest one before you say I do, because it's, I think the title already tells you what it's about. Mm -hmm. And then it's like the tagline is like, what happens if you fall for your bridesmaid? Everyone is like, what? Yeah, it is an absolutely killer hook. As soon as I heard the hook, I was like, well, that's what I'm going to be reading next. (laughs) Um, Okay, are there, so we've sort of talked about some uh, cliches to avoid um, and touched a little bit on tropes. Are there any other key tropes that writers should be aware of for um, lesbian or LGBT romance? Um, I guess they are, again, they do kind of echo uh, romance tropes and trends in mainstream romance uh, genre, but... The ones that are really popular time and time again, because I ask my readers this and they come back, always comes back, um, enemies to lovers, mm. uh, small town romance, age gap is really popular, um, second chances, uh, fake lovers and Christmas romances. But I think the the one trope that, that you don't get in the mainstream romance and is super popular in lesbian fiction and LGBT generally is um, the coming coming out tropes so, ah, okay. or toaster oven as it's known toaster you know the term, oven no. do you know the term toaster oven no. <laughs> so i don't know way back when when ellen um had a a sitcom and her character in the sitcom came out and it was her coming out as well mm-hmm. um so this was like i don't know how many years ago 30 years ago or something maybe not quite that but there's a there's a thing called the toaster of an episode. That's what they called it. And it was basically a joke. Laura Dern was her friend or, or therapist, I think, in it. And she said that for every um, woman that she turns, she gets a toaster of them from Lesbian Central. <laughs> so <laughs> it, it's now known as the toaster oven trope. Okay. Um, and it's especially loved in lesbian fiction when it's later in later in life coming out. Uh-huh. And I hear from a lot of my readers that this has happened to them. And so they love that as well that's really interesting i um I, yeah i've not heard of that i'm also uh i was very intrigued to know that age gap was a thing so in young adults you often get um really scrutinized if you have too large of an age gap so um but yeah that's really interesting for me i'm i'm sort of moving into adult fiction now so i've got to relearn all of the tropes that are like appropriate uh, okay. all, all my books have a romance uh, subplot uh, it's not necessarily about the, the main thing i don't write romance per se but i do always I, I love love so I, I can't not have some kind of love in the in the book um who doesn't love love I know um, no, I think I think AGAP is a huge one uh, in lesbian fiction and I was going to say as well YA is a is starting to be a huge one I do think that that is an underserved market um in lesbian fiction and probably LGBT, LGBT as well um and I think Jacqueline Wilson coming out and saying that she's going to be doing one later this year is only going to turn the spotlight up okay um, yeah, I really wish I could write um, an LGBT, like, young adult book, but I just, the characters that come to me are the characters that come to me, so I don't really, I don't know, hopefully some will come to me at one at some point. Um, right, okay, one, the sticky question. Regardless of the gender of the couple, how do you actually write a good sex scene? Well, well, I, um, I do get asked this quite a lot, um, and we on my other podcast that one of the podcasts that I do called lesbians to write we have tackled this uh, subject twice we've done 60 episodes and two of them on sex scenes Ooh. and surprisingly they're two of our most popular um, episodes <laughs> can, can you will you send me the links to those so I can share them in the show notes 
I will do. Thank yeah, I will. Um, but I, I would say I would say it's basically it's all about character and emotion. So sex scenes are all about emotion. Emotion is what gets your gets your readers in the feels, and you've got to show your, what your character's thinking and feeling in the moment. Put readers in their skin and make it sensual as well, because I think too many people go for the outright sex sex of the moment, whereas the sensuality is where the is is where it is really at. And you've got to make sure that um, the sex scene enhances the storyline as well. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd say make it sensual and make it about feelings. And the other really big thing to do is don't take care with your language. So for instance, when I when I first um, started writing, uh, my first book was is a romantic comedy and it's called London Calling. It's the first book in the London Romance series. And I use the word cunt quite a lot in that book. Um, and it went through a few beta readers and they all told me to take that word out. Um, <laughs> and I, I love... I, I love words beginning with C, so it and it it doesn't offend. <laughs> it doesn't. My favourite word is custard, and it doesn't <laughs> offend. <laughs> and the word cunt doesn't offend me, but I but apparently it offends a lot of people. And so uh, and also obviously I was using it in completely the wrong context as well. So don't make your language around sex too flowery or too crude. Um, is a lesson learned. Um, and and remember, it, it's not a biology exam. So instead of describing bodily functions of an orgasm, show what show what trusting the other person and allowing your character to let go in that moment means to your character, mm -hmm. rather than showing what their bio biology is doing. Yeah, absolutely. So lots of you know visceral um, bodily reactions and like those you know like the emotion the thesaurus for example has lots of um, mm. examples of um, like body language and in inner yeah. sensations that would be going on that that's a great that would be a great source um, probably for that for that as well. Yes. Okay, can you recommend a couple of your books and or a book from somebody else um, uh, if people would like to read some lesbian romance or LGBT romance or, you know, sort of how to write a good sex scene? Um, so any books with examples um, like that? Okay, so um, I would say uh, if you want to read something I've done, uh, go for Before You Say I Do, my latest novel. I think it's the best book I've ever written. And um, when I plotted it, I was actually really excited <laughs> you know like when you're plotting it I'm like oh my god I can't wait to write this because I I heard this interview with a, a professional bridesmaid on the on the radio and I just thought that would make a great lesbian romance um so yeah the twist is that she does fall in love with her bridesmaid but she doesn't know her bridesmaid it's a bridesmaid that her groom-to-be has hired her to help her out because the bride is a bit stressed mm. so so there's that one. Or if you like romantic comedy, I'd go for my, my debut novel, London Calling, um, still gets a lot of um, still gets a lot of love. And if you want a redemption story, go for nothing to lose. Um, I think if you want if my pick of the best ever lesbian romance and, you know, that's quite a claim, but it's still and playing the role of herself by K.E. Lane and um it's it's lauded in lesbian circles this one when you when you mention its name there's a reverential hush as everyone just <laughs> just has a love in for it um it's it's got hollywood glamour and dazzle and weirdly it's the only book this woman's ever written because it was such a phenomenal success that she said she'd never be able to top it so she bowed out what? so i know 
it's it's a tragedy uh. but what a way what a way to go um and if you want a more modern pick for lesbian uh fiction and lesbian romance in at the deep end by kate davis is brilliant and i think from penguin so one of the big five so it's it, it's one of those ones that's come out from the major publishers and um, it's kind of like Bridget Jones, but lesbian leads and a lot of fisting. And it's very funny. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, I didn't expect to be on the podcast. <laughs> oh, wow. I think yeah. I need like an extra caveat for the start of this podcast. <laughs> Um, and if, if, if you want a full list of book recommendations, go to my website, uh, uk, and there's a book recommendations tab. And um, there's like 20 lesbian fiction books that I love on there. I will include a link to that as well. Um, okay, super. Well, this is always my favourite question. Um, this is the Rebel Author Podcast. So tell me about a time you unleashed your inner rebel. Well, I think it was saying fisting on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it might well have been. The other day, obviously, we're we're currently on lockdown as this is being recorded and I went on two uh, walks, not one, not the government approved one. I know. I socially distanced, though. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, No, I think in, in, I think... The time when I was the most rebellious, um, I was doing a PhD um, in sociology. I, I earned a scholarship for it when I was in my mid-twenties. And, um, you know, everyone was like, wow, you're going to be a doctor and it was going to be great. And um, I was the most miserable I've ever been in my entire life. And everyone kept saying to me, but you've got a scholarship, Claire, and you're going to be a doctor. And I thought, no, I don't want to do this. So I walked away from it and I gave it all up. And it was the best decision and the most rebellious decision I've ever made. And people still say to me to this day, do you think you'll ever go back and complete that PhD? And I was going, no, 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 no. Yeah, that's so interesting. I love that. I, um, yeah, I was like, oh, are you a doctor? And then obviously you got to the end of the story. But um, it's so funny because um, I was also offered a scholarship at Macquarie University in Sydney, Australia. Um, this was, I'd done, so I'd gone straight from school to college, straight from college to university, and then I'd done a master's degree. Um, and then, um, I, yeah, I basically, they'd, they, so it was, would have been continual study until I was, I don't know, mid twenties, literally. Um, but it was in Macquarie and I walked away as well. Um, and I, like, everybody was like, oh, because it was full scholarship on my visas, everything, um, you know, ha- you know, I, they would uh, source accommodation and, and everything. And I would have got to have mm. lived in Australia, which, you know, most Brits sort of, like think is a dream come true. Um, yeah. But yeah, I just I had absolutely no desire at all to do it. So I don't really know why I ended up applying, to be honest. But, um, you know, you, you have to make these decisions. Um, you did. Well, good decision. Good decision on your part, because you, you spared yourself the two years I did. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. So you only had a year left. Oh, my God. That is way yeah. rebellious. Way rebellious. <laughs> um, OK, tell listeners where they can find out more about you, your books and your podcasts. So if you go to my website, it's all there. That's www.clairelyden.co.uk. That's C-L-A-R-E-L-Y-D-O-N. It's got all my eBooks, my print books, my audio books. Um, I'm available mainly wide everywhere. 
And um, yeah, and if you want to know more about me, you can read the About You section, which gives you 25 things about me. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you so much for your time today. No worries. Um, thank you very much to all of the show's patrons. If you would like to get early access to all of the episodes as well as a backlog of extra content, you can do so by visiting patreon.com forward slash Sasha Black and that's Sasha with a C and not an S. Thank you also to everybody listening and to our wonderful guest today. I'm Sasha Black, you are listening to Claire Lydon and this was the Rebel Author Podcast. Next week I'll be talking to Libby Hawker all about how to outline your novels and don't forget there'll be no intro from me but I will be back in the podcast hot seat the following week or moved in to my new house so I will catch you then. Don't forget to tune in and subscribe on your podcatcher and when you have a moment please leave a review.